For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live, a member of the Believe Sports Network. The Believe Sports Network is the number one sports and podcasting network for professionals. Do you believe? My name is Mark Sirianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Blackbelt. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life magazine. Today on the program, we are going to be looking at the 2008 Olympic Taekwondo disqualification of Angel Matos. We're going to take a look at a recent case of a high school football student that attacked a referee. We're going to take a look at those items. We're going to take a look at those two cases we're going to talk a little bit about Roy Jones Jr. and how his Olympic 1988 controversy relates to and is distinct from those items. And we are going to talk a little bit about the sanctity of a group that I happen to be a member of, the Taekwondo referee, as well as all officials. Be sure to like and subscribe to our program. Write a review if you're able to, particularly in this 2021 new year. It's so important to us to impress our fellow partners at Believe and the Believe Sports Network and to hold our own for those good people that are taking care of us and taking care of our listeners in this new relationship. So, happy 2021, enjoy the program, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. Today we'll be taking a look at, as we discussed, uh, an in the incident of Angel Matos and the 2008 Olympic disqualification. Uh, for those of you who may not know Angel Matos by name, uh, I'm sure that if you have followed Taekwondo recent in recent years in the Olympics, uh, Angel Matos is the Cuban Taekwondo player whose video went viral, sadly, for uh, axe kicking the referee in the face in the 2008 Olympics and getting disqualified. Um, it was a strange um, convergence of timing and events because of the fact that it was Olympics and because of the fact that we were in the YouTube era that that video uh, ended up going viral. Now, why are we talking about that now? What is the relevance of it now? Um, is there something new going on? Well, no, not, not per se. However, we are in an Olympic year. We've, we're t we've talked about that. We just recently covered Roy Jones' junior fight with Mike Tyson. There is a strange correlation, which I'll tie in, 
to Roy Jones Jr. Uh, and Olympic controversies and how Roy Jones Jr. handled his Olympic controversy and how it affected his career. And it comes more specifically out of an article and a video that I saw just recently uh, in the middle of December by Jason Owens entitled Texas High School Football Player Arrested for Attacking Ref Suspended from All Activities. A young man by the name of very promising football career in um, Texas in high school, Emmanuel Duran, who in the midst of a high school game, no, again, normally high school games perhaps aren't always so popular in terms of being televised. However, we're, we're living in a different era, an era where everything's televised or everything, everybody has access to seeing things through cell phones and through the internet. However, also in Texas, high school is extremely, um, high school football is an extremely popular um, undertaking, and it leads very often to prominent NFL careers and professional careers. Uh, you had a young man there who, who, in the midst of a game, was ejected. He was ejected by the referee, um, who, by the name of Fred Garcia, 60-year-old uh, referee, who ejected him during the game um, and had called him for, I believe it was roughing the passer and unsportsmanlike conduct. So what follows, if you watch the video, is that following the referee's decision, the referee goes back to refereeing or paying attention to the game. This young man, who is also a uh, state championship wrestler, decides that he doesn't like the call or reacts to the call and goes charging halfway across the field and barrels the the referee over, at which point he gets escorted by security from the game. He then ends up, as we see in the follow-up article, not only being suspended from all high school uh, sports activities, which means no football, which potentially blows his opportunity for college scholarships, no wrestling. Again, I said he was a state wrestling championship, so very, very um, significant consequences, but then becomes escalated to criminal charges. Uh, He becomes arrested for assault, and a bond is posted. Now, the young man did issue a statement, an interesting statement, and we'll talk about this as it relates to Angel Matos, but he said, I'd like to say that I'm sorry for what happened to my coaches, to my family, and to the league, Duran says. Now, very, very interesting, because you notice he doesn't apologize to the referee, now I don't know if that's a if that was intentional, uh, if that was an oversight on his part, or that he doesn't feel uh, sorry towards the referee, um, which may mean that he feels simply sorry that he was caught, simply sorry that it turned into an incident, but not sorry that he behaved in the way that he did. That also ties me into and brings me to this Angel Matos uh, incident because one of the things that I do recall is that. Uh, Matos, even in more recent days, as who's been interviewed, uh, expressed his regret over how that incident affected his career uh, and and that he should have contained his anger, but didn't really re- express any apology or remorse towards his behavior towards the referee. So let's roll it back a little bit. Let's take a look at um, Angel Matos and what it is that occurred there. And then let's talk about it as it relates to 
Taekwondo officiating and people's careers in general. So Angel Matos was a Cuban-born athlete. He came out of a communist country. A little bit of a distinction. Those of us that are in the U.S., we have great pride uh, in in our Olympic competition. We have great success. However, uh, it is not the same thing. Being in a communist country, there is generally a greater devotion of resources and time and a greater opportunity for uh, people that have the fortune in those countries, even in difficult countries, even in poor countries, that if you are considered to be a high-level Olympic athlete, you have a certain amount of pressure, but you also have a certain amount of prestige that's associated with that. They take it very seriously. There's a great pressure on them. uh, And performance is everything. You are only as good as your last performance. And you can become a national hero or you can become a national underdog very, very quickly. So Matos was well-trained. He was a internationally ranked competitor. Uh, Every country in the world has its system of ranking and how you get there. Uh, And the WT, of course, has its system of what it takes to qualify for the Olympics. Matos uh, was a competitor in the men's middleweight or 80 kilogram class. At the 2000 Olympics, he represented Cuba extremely well. He uh, very young, but but was in there, won a gold medal for Cuba, represented, and really came home as a hero. 2004, Summer Olympics, he didn't have as, the similar success. He ended up being eliminated by America's gold medalist, Stephen Lopez. Lopez is the most medaled among other things that he's known for, the most medaled U.S. Taekwondo athlete. Lopez eliminated Angel Matos, and he ended up leaving the 2004 Olympics. Uh, I don't want to say disgraced because he certainly made the team, but again, for the pressure that these um, communist world countries athletes face, uh, left there with no glory, and again, the, the shelf life of an Olympic athlete is they start early, but they end early as well. So as 2008 approached, Matos was a, a ranked athlete, but there was greater pressure on him to come home with a medal for Cuba, come home with a medal for himself and come home with a medal for Cuba. In, two, in the 2008 Olympics, he had made it to the bronze medal round. He was a favorite in that round, and during that round and during the con- the issues that set up the controversy, he was fighting Kazakhstan's Arman uh, Chilomanev, and there was an injury. Now, that injury occurred as a result of contact with Kazakhstan player's foot. Perhaps there should have been, perhaps there shouldn't have been a penalty against the Kazakhstan player. However, there was injury to Matos, and Matos was given, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, he was given the requisite one minute of Keishi time 
to sit with the doctor, to sit with his coaches, and um, get ready to resume the fight. The rules, not arbitrary, but the, the rules at that time call for, at the end of that Keishi time, the referee will call recall the players back to center, and they must either resume the fight, request further time, or they forfeit the match. The referee had given that time. The Keishi time had elapsed. And as a result, I believe just simply of logistics, Matos was waiting for a doctor to come and and look at his foot. And that amount of time had exceeded the, the Keishi time. So the referee... In my opinion, and my understanding as a USAT uh, sanctioned referee, I wasn't at that time, but I am now, could have extended that that time. Um, however, he felt that the, ref, the referee indicated that he felt that regardless, the foot, it appeared to him that the foot of Matos was broken and that Matos, regardless of the Keishi time, would not return. So therefore, he called the match in favor of, he disqualified Matos and called the match in favor of the Kazakhstan player. So you may not agree with the decision. Watching it, it may have been a bad decision. It may have been a wrong decision. It did not appear to be a decision that was motivated by malice. It appeared to be a decision that was made. And anybody who's refereed, I don't care on any level, you get called to make a decision. These decisions, when they involve, they don't involve the specific engagement of the players. These are hard decisions to make. But to some degree, you lose either way because if you give excessive amount of recovery time on the other end, then the other side has an opportunity to claim that the referee uh, showed favoritism, that the referee allowed a violation of the rules that was not discretionary, and therefore you run into a problem there. So it's a very, very difficult position for a referee to be in. Again, today we have a... Review. We have opportunities for this to be reviewed, for coaches to, to make these challenges, and, and that decision could have been reviewed on the spot and could have been overturned on the spot. However, that is not the rules at the time, and that's not what happened. So after declaring the winner, um, Matos clearly, which if you watch the video, loses his temper. He argues with, with the referee and then proceeds to kick the referee in the face uh, punch him in the arm, and spit on the floor of the arena before being uh, escorted out. He's clearly angry. He's clearly belligerent. He's clearly out of out of control. Um, you see when you watch the video, depending on the angle that you're watching, you see the referee's lip split. You see blood coming from the referee. The referee is not knocked out. He's not knocked unconscious. But you do see that that is the case. And then very angrily, both the athlete and his coach leave the the match. Subsequent to that, the WT and the IOC uh, banned both the coach and Matos from uh, WTF sanctioned at the time WTF now WT sanctioned events for life and from IOC Olympic competition for life calling it a strong violation of the spirit of Taekwondo in the Olympic Games. 
The IOC also went as far as to delete all of Matos's records from the 2008 Olympics. And uh, basically as if his participation in the 2008 Olympics never occurred. Now, Matos's coach uh, attacked the decision and attacked the referee's decision, saying it was too strict, um, accused the Kazakhstan team of bribing officials. Uh, Fidel Castro, of course, came in and defended it, uh, said that it was blatantly stolen from the uh, from his athlete. And obviously in subsequent, in a more recent interview in the Havana Times 2018, Matos expressed his regret, saying that he had wished to continue his Taekwondo career um, until at least the next championships and that he went on to work as a trainer in Havana and obviously was banned from worldwide Taekwondo competition. Now, was the decision the right decision? Was the decision the wrong decision? Uh, it's difficult. It's a very, very difficult thing when, first of all, we understand that athletes are heated, that athletes are in the moment, that athletes are, are filled by adrenaline and, and excitement so that when they have the opportunity um, that they do behave sometimes in a way that is less than flattering, even in martial arts, right? We, we are a martial art. We're not simply a sport. However, particularly in the competitive side, Taekwondo is not so different from football uh, and the football example, right? So we have an example of the fact that we behave sometimes as athletes, not as martial artists. As martial artists, it's easy for us to condemn the behavior. Uh, as athletes, we may know the behavior is wrong, but sometimes we do understand the height of competition. Now, there's a lot in there, and there's a lot of underpinning in there as it relates to these accusations, which I've never read about this Olympics and about Kazakhstan, about the bribing of officials, about uh, improper behavior. Now, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is we talked about Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones Jr. Uh, just recently fought Mike Tyson to a decision. We know that Roy Jones Jr. got his start in the 1988 Olympics as a U.S boxer, and in probably one of the most controversial and corrupt decisions ever in modern Olympics, the Korean player was awarded by four out of the five, I believe, judges uh, the, the gold medal against Roy Jones Jr. in what is unquestionably hailed by everyone as a corrupt decision. Now, it wasn't only just me saying that. Anybody who watched it says that. The Olympic Committee awarded Roy Jones Jr., even though he only got the silver medal, the fighter of the Olympics, the athlete of the Olympics, and three of the judges that were on that match have, were barred from judging Olympic competition for life because it's universally hailed that that was a corrupt decision. In fact, the Korean player came out and said that he felt shame that he uh, did not deserve the gold medal, and that Roy Jones Jr. clearly deserved the gold medal. But there was an opportunity, there is an opportunity to redress that. Now, there, there is, other than Castro's accusations, other than the Cuban players, players saying that in their defense, there is no indication that that came into play. In fact, when you watch the full tape, which we do have the benefit of the full tape, 
you don't see that that's the case. What you see is a, is a judge making a decision, a referee making a decision. And one could argue, again, that that decision is wrong. And, you know, were there, in fact, uh, rules in place to address that decision? Were there rules in place to uh, counter that decision? I, I don't know. I, I haven't gone back and done the research. That I'm sure that there were. Uh, however, I and I can understand the athlete and the coaches feeling that on the basis of a technicality of time, uh, his Olympic opportunity to win a gold medal, something that he'd worked so hard for, was perhaps stolen from him. Um, the fact that he had been defeated in 2004, and this may have been his last opportunity to win a medal at the Olympics, um, was slipping away. Um, the heart and the soul I can relate to, the behavior I cannot sustain, I cannot support. Um, a referee is a protected figure. When we do not allow our the, the referees in our football games, in our umpires in our baseball games, when we do not allow the the referees in our taekwondo matches to be 100% unconditionally and fully protected, then we destroy the sanctity of the match, we destroy the sanctity of the decisions, and we open up those referees to fear and intimidation. You know, you read in, in world soccer matches where uh, fans didn't like a decision and referees were in fear for their life. Um, that level of, of Fear and intimidation should be something that a referee should never be exposed to. Being a referee is a very difficult job. I don't just say that because I am a referee. I am a referee because I love it. I love to be around the sport, and I love to be a participant in it. But there are times that even as a referee, you second-guess your own decisions. You make those decisions based upon your best experience, based upon what it is that you see, based upon your understanding of the rules, based upon the rules at the time. But it's dangerous. There are plenty of times I've gotten hit in the face, hit in the nose, bloody lips. However, those are due to accidents, not due to intentional and aggressive behavior on the part of people like Angel Matos. And when you watch the video, it's very, very clear that there was no accident there, that that was intentional. It was an in intent. There were multiple acts that were there, and given the opportunity, he would have uh, committed a greater act of, of violence against the referee. The referee happens to have also been a martial artist, and it may have turned into something that really would have been somewhat of a spectacle, which is not something that the sport should sanction or condition as well. And a referee shouldn't be in a position where they don't know whether or not if they defend themselves that they are now going to be subject to violating their code. If we go to the modern rules for... Uh, particularly USAT, for uh, refereeing a match. There is discretion on the part of the referee to when it comes to prohibited acts. Um, we no longer have kyungo warnings and things of that nature, but you do have the ability to issue gamjungs, gamjungs for bad behavior, but you also have the ability to issue disqualification for uh, things like not complying with referee's commands or inappropriate um, behavior on the part of the uh, the player or the player's coach, a refusal to comply with these are all under section 14 of the modern of the modern rules, or not complying with the uh, the referees uh, any of the referees' instructions. Um, it is the 
referee's primary job to secure the contestant's safety and to ensure fair competition and to encourage appropriate techniques. Those all come right out of the WT and right out of the USAT handbook for judging uh, Kurugi competition. So, so to the extent there is some broad opportunity for the referee to uh, enforce rules that will make sure that those things are, are, are in effect and, and are part of the guidelines for uh, officiating a match. The referee under Section 16 has the ability to stop 16.7 under today's rules to, to disqualify an opponent win by disqualification as a result of a contestant's failure um, to do a number of things, punitive declaration, uh, things unsportsmanlike behavior, 16.16, a win by disqualification for unsportsmanlike behavior. This result shall be declared when the contestant is found uh, cheats, attempts to cheat, is found violating anti-doping rules, commits a serious infringed behavior, um, so on and so forth. So, so what you have is is great discretion on the part of the referee even today to turn around and disqualify. Now, does that mean that the uh, player and the player's coach don't have the ability to contest? No. Today, more than ever, we have the ability for those people to contest actually right on the spot because there's now technical um, and you have the ability to call for, for video review which is significantly important, and perhaps had that existed at the the time of the 2008 Olympics, perhaps the outcome would have been a little bit different. Although I'm not sure because the response of Angel Matos was so aggressive and so um, instantaneous. So so under today's rules, what can can be appealed, right? Uh, Points, you have the ability to do it, technical points, Situations where two actions may come into place. So the fact of the matter is that there, there is review criteria today. And the fact of the matter is, is that it may have, have come out very differently. However, it is very, very clear to me when I watch this that it's a sad event, that it is a stain on the history of Taekwondo and on the Olympics. However, I believe that the decision was correct. Now, I look at it, and I look at it as it relates to this young gentleman, uh, this this young football player, um, Emmanuel Duran, and I say to myself, he's so young, so prompt, such a promising career. Should he be stained for the rest of his life? Should his career be over? Should it affect his future? Uh, It's hard to say. There should, in fact, be, should there be a an ability for him to get back into uh, the good graces of the league? Should there be an ability for him to make restitution? Should there be an ability for him to have a period of time and a suspension? Because of the fact that what we're talking about is this young man's career, uh, the fact is, should we be talking about the fact that at 17 years old or 16 or 17 years old that his entire life is thrown away by a foolish incident on the field where thank goodness it didn't appear that there was serious harm or injury to the referee i have mixed feelings about it part of me that says uh you know if in fact he understood that 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 lesson was uh, so important and it was so valuable 
responsible to his life, then uh, he should have, in fact, behaved in a way that was different. That he should have valued it. He should have treated it differently. However, we're talking about a kid, and, and we're talking about a kid that is groomed in a game like football, in a combat art like mixed martial arts or like taekwondo, where you are groomed to, to be aggressive, where you are groomed to attack, where you are groomed to be at a certain mindset, and that perhaps, in fact, his young mind, it's unfair to hold him out to that level of seriousness. Now, if we look at the impact and we, look at, and we compare... I look at this young man and I think about what is his future hold, and there are two paths there. I look at Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones Jr., as we indicated, uh, was deprived of a great victory. However, how did Roy Jones Jr. handle that? Roy Jones Jr. was sad. Roy Jones Jr. talks about it. Roy Jones Jr. spoke to the other athlete. However, Roy Jones Jr. did not do anything to disgrace himself, to violate the rules of his sport. Um, to undermine the rules of his sport. He didn't do anything criminal or violent. And Roy Jones Jr. went on to have that be a defining aspect of his career. And he went on to understand that the best way for him to ensure success in his future fights was to knock out his opponent and not leave it to the hands of the judges and ended up having one of the most gloried, storied, financially and otherwise successful careers in boxing history. He just recently had this huge fight, uh, Legends Only Sports League against Mike Tyson. While I watched that fight, while we covered that fight, while Roy Jones Jr. clearly did not warrant getting that decision, which was somewhat ironic, it was a split decision. And I will tell you very much like watching the Roy Jones Jr. Olympic fight, Roy Jones Jr., as much as he deserved to win the Olympic fight, he did not deserve to win the decision or even be in the split decision with Mike Tyson. Tyson won that, um, hands down, that fight. But I look at that uh, impact on his career. Then we look at Angel Matos. Angel Matos ended up being relegated to being a trainer. No shame in that. However, his behavior banned him from what the sport that he loved, banned him from uh, being able to compete on the world stage banned him from being able to represent Cuba, banned him from international competition. And that was as a result of his response to what he viewed as being an equally uh, unfair and, and corrupt decision. Now, again, I, I see no evidence of the, that corruption, but let's assume, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's believe that he did believe that his behavior really shut the door on him being able to address that in any meaningful way. I look at this young football player out of Texas. I don't have the answers. I'd love to hear what your response is. I'd love to hear what your thought is. Um, certainly there is, in my mind, a line, a force field around a referee, a force field around an official that makes them completely protected from intimidation and from violence. Now, by the same token, were it to be discovered that a referee or an official is involved in corrupt behavior, is involved in bribery, is involved in favoritism, I believe that the harshest 
penalties should go against that referee. Anything from banning that referee, from imprisoning that referee. I have no problem with that, especially on an Olympic level. If it were to be determined that a referee took a bribe in order to outcome a decision, if, if it was ruled that a, a referee showed favoritism because of their love of a particular country, that referee should be dealt with accordingly. Should that referee be physically assaulted, kicked in the face by a Taekwondo player of that? No, of course not. However, the, the, the behavior should be commensurate with doing what it is that we are talking about. What are we talking about? We're talking about the preservation of the integrity of the sport, of the league, of the institution, and of the Olympics. And on that, I am completely unwavering. When I hold myself out and I train very, very often, more than I ever trained as an athlete, as, as a referee, to understand the rules and to exercise fairness in the execution of the rules, it is my belief that it is the greatest standard that you can hold yourself to as an official. However, I am realistic. I make mistakes. Other officials make mistakes. To the extent that I am able to address that fairly and honestly and openly, I address that fairly, honestly, and openly. Do I believe that I should be subject to fear and intimidation in the execution of my duties? No. Do I believe that if an athlete were to make a mistake and were to exercise some indiscretion against me, that they should have their entire life ruined? No, I don't. I don't. However, I am not the person who, who necessarily knows where that line is and how that line should be drawn. If you are, I would love for, to hear from you. I'd love to hear your opinion on what the appropriate penalty should be for a Taekwondo athlete or other sports figure that lays hands on or disrespects an official in the exercise of their duties. This has been, been a fun one. Um, try to work these Olympic historical ones in throughout this year because it is an Olympic year. I hope you enjoy it, and I look forward to covering more Olympic items and seeing you in the Dojang. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.